Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Scotty Suns Monday Football Podcast where we look back at all the weekend's action in the SPFL Premiership and some of the championship stuff too. You're with me, Roger Hanna and David Friel today. And David, we have to start. We've got it all started Friday night, New Douglas Park. Craig Thompson was a dead right, was a dead wrong. Or was Celtic just dead poor again? I think Celtic were... Well, they missed a lot of chances. In terms of the red card, obviously it captured all the talking points. After the game, I didn't think it was a red card. I thought Dedrick Barata got some of the ball. And saying that, I can understand why Craig Thompson, from his angle... Fairly just wiped the man out, but this is where the assistant referee, the linesman, whatever, has to help him out. He can see, surely, there's a nick in the ball. He was offside in the first place as well, Hamilton player, that has to be said. But that was rash, yes, he was out of, out of position, but I do think he got some of the ball, so therefore it was a bit harsh on him. It's a controversial decision. In the eyes of Chris Sutton, not as controversial as Ronnie Dyla's post-match comments, but you, you surprised Ronnie Dyla immediately backing the referee and not giving himself that caveat that might have seen Celtic appeal it. That was a big thing. I mean, Ronnie Dyla is as honest as he come. You ask him a straight question at a press conference, he'll give you a straight answer. He obviously was annoyed at Boyata's position and probably Svechenko's pass out of defence at set Hamilton Aki's in the counter-attack, but surely Celtic would have pondered a, an appeal. Surely they would have thought, well, why not, why not give it a go? But Ronnie Dyla's comments surely just put, put the kibosh in that. So from that standpoint, I can understand why Chris Sutton was almost flabbergasted after the game. The stuff after the game was unbelievable with him, Stephen Craig and Scott McDonald, you know. I mean, it was a real barney. The two Motherwell boys taking one side and Chris Sutton taking the other side. But personally, I'll go with Chris Sutton. I don't think it should be a red card. Take the red card out of it. Is Ronnie Dyla right in saying Celtic were authors of their own downfall, missed chances and then poor defending at Eamon Brophy's equaliser? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the chances Celtic had, even I, I thought that's probably as well as Celtic have played with 10 men in terms of the shape was a lot better. They kind of went to a 4 3 1 1. Gary Mackay Stephen playing off Lee Griffiths. And they still created chances. You know, Lee Griffiths missed a penalty. Gary Mackay Stephen's cleaned through. And there was a few other half chances where if, if there'd been better decision making in the final third, you know, cutbacks, that kind of thing, they could have easily wrapped the game up and they should have been out of sight. And as you're saying, the defending for the Eamon Brophy's goal was terrible. They just didn't deal with the corner at all. It was a good finish for the boy, but from Celtic's perspective, it was disappointing. And yet again, playing with 10 men, they can't seem to see the game out. I mean, that's quite a few times over on a dialers period of uh, rain. So I think it's about six times where they've lost a, a, a first half red card and they've been in a decent position at the time and they've not actually managed to win the game, which I think is a bit concerning for on a dialer. When we're talking Celtic, the, the makeup of this so called summer exodus seems to be taking shape. James Forrest not signing his contract looks to be heading out the door. Emilio Izaguirre told that he can go in the summer. Getafe, mm-hmm. you wrote in the paper yesterday, keen to get him. And this morning it looks as if Tom Rogic could be headed down south to yeah. possibly Leeds United. Yeah, and I think more will go as well because, I mean, John Collins said the other week there will be an exodus, basically. He said there will be a few to go. And especially in that position, you know, that if, if you look at the way Celtic play, they've got three men behind their striker. But Ronnie Dyer's got about 14 guys to pick from for those three men. So... You've got Scott Allen, Ryan Christie, Patrick Roberts pushing for starts. You've got Armstrong, Mackay, Stephen Johansson. And then you start talking about the likes of Tom Rogic and guys like that. So 
doesn't surprise me in the slightest. And I think there will be, I think at least half a dozen players will leave Celtic this summer. Now, Celtic dropped points on Friday night, David. Therefore, Aberdeen are racing certainties on the Saturday to get the win. It takes them to within four points of Celtic. They're at home to a St Johnson team with one win in 12. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they drop points. It was just a bad day all around for Aberdeen. And, and to me, you wake up on the Saturday morning and you hear that Adam Rooney's out for six weeks and you think automatically, that's a blow. That's a real blow. They've lost Johnny Hayes. Adam Rooney's out. Real, real blow for Aberdeen. But all is not lost. They go and beat St Johnson, which you'd, you'd fancy them to at home can cut the gap to Celtic put a bit of pressure on Celtic and a Celtic team that's still not firing on all cylinders but just seems to be at crucial stages of the season you know whether it was Inverness away game where Aberdeen lost or St Johnson on Saturday that Aberdeen just can't seem to go over the line just can't seem to get those wins and Derek McInnes must be thinking you know what, what can I do here you know his players he's got a good team there but when the push comes to shove they, they just seem to fall a bit short we'll, we'll touch upon Hibs later on but the, the likes of Hibs in the Championship and Aberdeen in the Premiership is it a psychological thing when they're trying to chase Celtic and Rangers or is it as simple as the squads just aren't strong enough to, you know, to survive injuries to the key men like Hayes and Rooney I think it might just be the squad's not strong enough I mean I, I, don't, I do think Aberdeen and I know Derek McInnes annoys him when people say you know they bottle it because and I can understand why when you look at they're beating Celtic twice this season, you know twice at Petodre they're beating them. You know that, that game against Celtic Petodre last time was as big a game as there's been domestic calendar this season, and they won it. So it shows that on their day they can match Celtic, they can go and beat Celtic. But I think in terms of squad strength, you take Hayes and Rooney out of that team, they don't have the players to go and replace them of a similar quality. Whereas Celtic, if they lose Chris Commons for a sustained period as they have, they've lost Scott Brown for a sustained period. Stefan Johansson's been off the boil. Charlie McGrew's been out. But Celtic have still managed to, to keep the pace at the top of the league. Nile again now with a corner kick. Headed by Taylor, saved by Manus, turned in by Simon Church. The breakthrough at last for Aberdeen and the sense of relief around the stadium is palpable. Great hit of this by Taylor. Manus did so well initially. And I just think Rooney and Hayes have just uh, been their two best players this season and without them I just think they toiled. Are, are they still in it? Given there's a, there's a fourth game this season against Celtic still to come, almost certainly at Celtic Park after the break. If they were to win there, is that, is that the key? They have yeah, to win away yeah, I, mean, I think I think they're still in it, but you wonder how many chances Aberdeen can pass up. You know, Celtic drop points. Nobody expected them to drop points at Hamilton. And they did, and then Aberdeen just can't make up for it and, and really take advantage of it. And yeah, they're still in. I mean, six points is nothing. I mean, there's still what eleven games to go, so I mean that can be overturned. But with Celtic's superior goal difference, with the fact the game probably, as you're saying, will be at Celtic Park, I just think it's a tall order for Aberdeen now. A lot of talk on the Friday night about Craig Thompson's performance was it a red card for Dedrick Barata. Should it have been a red card for Darry McKinnon? I take it we're agreed the referee got the Petodre penalty correct Ryan Jack taking down Liam Craig yeah I think so I mean I think Ryan Jack will say there wasn't much contact at all and I'd probably agree with him but it's rash it's stupid why are you diving in in the last minute of a game where I don't think Liam Craig's going to get a shot away at that at that stage I think you know, okay he may get across him but I don't think Ryan Jack had to go to ground and I think he made it easy for the referee to make up his mind now Craig Thompson supported here by Craig oh he's gone down there a challenge by Jack it's a penalty kick to St Johnston rash challenge that by Jack claims he got the ball but it's certainly not obvious Liam Craig now from the spot excellent penalty sending Scott Brown the wrong way and St Johnston have snatched a point surely with this finish from Craig you can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at thescottysun.co.uk slash sport 
it was it was some weekend for penalties. You look at Tynecastle Hearts against Kilmarnock. Hearts get two spot kicks. Mm. Jamie McDonald saves them both both onto the woodwork. Yeah. One rebound in, one rebound not in. Hearts win one 0 Forward by Osturk. Here's Bourbon. Challenged by Finlay. He goes down there. It's a penalty kick to Hearts. And the referee decides this is not an obvious goal scoring opportunity. So Finlay's not sent off. Walker from the spot, fine save by McDonald, and it's turned in the rebound by Jamie Walker. The goalkeeper so unlucky here, it was a great initial save. Yeah, and a, and a big result for Hearts as well, you know, they closed the gap in Aberdeen, and given what had happened in the Cup, what had happened at Tannadice, I think they just needed something to go their way. It was a huge win for them, a really, really huge win for them. They've got a game in hand as well, so they can move within six points Aberdeen in second spot, so, you know, Hearts... I think the Scottish Cup exit especially, I think it hit them hard and I think people are starting to, a bit of pressure on Robbie Nielsen, and I think people are starting to question where are they going, what they try to do. Are they, are the, they, the season looked as if it was going to peter well, out. Pretty much, that's what I mean, and it, it was have they overachieved, have they achieved at all, but you know, I think they've done a really good job this season, Robbie Nielsen signed his new contract as well, and and for me that was a big, big win for them on Saturday. And that's it's a nice reward for Robbie Nielsen and Stevie Crawford that, you know, to recognise mm-hmm. not only did they bring the team up, but they've taken them they'll finish third this season. Yeah, easily finish third at least. And that's what I'm saying. They'll now look at Aberdeen games and think, well, can we go and, and overtake them now? I mean I think Robbie Nielsen, I know people say about Anne Budge and Craig Levine and the job they've done and the infrastructure that's there, but I don't think you should underestimate the job Robbie Nielsen did last year, romping to that championship title and then they've come up. I think they've bought well, I think he's moulded guys into the team. I don't think he's been scared to let guys go as well. You'll get Gomez and Billy King in the last transfer window. You know, maybe some managers would just want to be comfortable and keep these guys and keep them in there just for a big squad. But he's obviously thought, you know what, no, I'm going to go with these guys instead. I think he's a real good up-and-coming manager. What about Kelly though? Not a great weekend for them. Hamilton edged a further point clear with that draw against Celtic. Big win for Motherwell against Partick Thistle. And and you would think Thistle would be okay, you know, three points ahead of Kelly and three games in hand. Kelly are needing a result now. Yeah, I, I said in last week's podcast that it would be between Kelly and Hamilton for that playoff spot. And that's that's obviously discounting United for the moment. But I don't see anything that, that's changed my mind, you know. Great point for Hamilton, but I think they'll struggle going forward. And I think Kelly, as you said, just need a win from somewhere. They're a strange team, Kelly, on their day. I think that they've got some good players. Josh McGuinness. Greg Kelty guys like that, Gary Dickery as well, they've obviously seen Fobia. I think they can get results, but they're running out of time now. You know, they really need, when you see Motherwell winning, when you see Inverness, just, just that bit clear. Patrick Thistle have got so many games in hand, you'd like to think they'll pick some points up. I just think Kelly, for the moment, look the team in, in real need of a run, because you know what can happen if it doesn't happen. Jamie McDonald, a, a key man for them. We've gotten stuck in naming... 40 or so players in these Scotland squads. Is Jamie McDonald a ridiculous shout for Scotland? I don't think he's a ridiculous shout because I don't think beyond the top three, I think it's pretty much up for grabs who comes in after that. I would think Scott Bain's probably ahead of him mm-hmm. in the pecking order at the moment. But Jamie McDonald, to be honest, you see when he left Hearts, I was really surprised nobody in the top flight picked him up. You know, he goes to Falkirk for a season, does really, really well. He goes to Kelly. I think he's probably better than Kelly. And I, you know, without being disrespectful to Kelly, I think he could play a bigger club than Kelly. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sun Sport on Twitter. <laughs> that point for St Johnson up at Aberdeen lifted them back into fourth place above a Ross County team, which inexplicably lost three 0 at home to Dundee United. Nobody loses three 0 at home to Dundee United anymore, do they? <laughs> Nobody does. Have they got one eye in the? Cup games at home to the United at home to the United then I've got the cup final coming up I was really really surprised at that I mean we're doing our predictions these days and I, I just thought Ross County would win the game they didn't okay the United have picked up in form and obviously they've got something a momentum and they've got something to really really fight for but I just think Ross County with the squad they've got with the options they've got with too much for the United but 
Well, they're struggling, and, and I just I think Jim McIntyre will be really, really keen to make sure they don't let go of this top six spot because although the cups are important and they've got a final, a big, big final, a big day in their history, I think they really, really want to finish in the top six. Is there an inevitability when you've got a cup final coming up? And no disrespect to Hibs, but against a team from the championship, mm-hmm. you could win the first major trophy in your history. Is there an inevitability you're going to have one eye on that game and maybe just take your eye off the ball in the league? Yeah, I think so, because I think the players, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're not going out onto the pitch against the United and thinking about Hibs, but I think in the back of your mind, just in the way you... You approach games it's not the biggest game of the month that game at home in the league because they're pretty secure up there okay they might drift out the top six if they don't get that together but I wouldn't you know I think I think they'll be in there or thereabouts so the cup finals what they put they all want to play in guys are, they've already lost a couple of players to injury for the cup final and a few more won't want to falter before that but I think the United Scottish Cup game is another huge one for them as well because the United are focusing the league so it's a chance for us going to get a semi-final as well another trip to Hamden you would think so I think Jim McIntyre will be slightly concerned at the way they, they collapse. From a county point of view, A, they'll want to avenge that league defeat to United, and B, this is the last chance Ross County players will have to try and persuade Jim McIntyre mm. they're worthy of a start mm. at Hamden the following weekend. And, that, and that's what I mean. I think I think Jim McIntyre will be saying to his players this week, listen, there's, there's places up for grabs. The guys that got to the final, well done, but you know, I'm not going to accept that level of performance. I want, I want to see more from you. And, and this game on Saturday is just as big as the cup final. Okay, the players might not think that just now, but I think you'll have to be hammering that home, and I'm sure they will. Now, what about United? The gap is no longer in double figures. Mm-hmm. They're only eight points. I say only eight points behind Kilmarnock with a game in hand against Partick Thistle. Do they have a wee foothold now, David? They didn't have. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, I think so, 100%. And I think it's amazing what a couple of wins can do. Razor once again. Ryan though, no honest substitute. Elusive running again. Leaking well with Fraser. The turn back there by Dunlan for Mackay, and it's a second for Dundee United. That eases all the strain. 
good finish by Mackay. And when we sat here writing them off, and we did write them off, but that was because they weren't winning games. That was because they were, they were losing games every single week and you couldn't see where any wins would come from. But they've now managed to get a few in the go. They've now got a, settled in a system. They've got Paul Payton playing really, really well, leading for them as well. Guys up front scoring goals. I think they've got the momentum. And, I mean, if they get it to five points, that's nothing. That's absolutely nothing we need. Particularly when everybody plays, yeah, each, plays other each other. And that's why, I mean, yeah. I've always been a fan of this, but I don't really understand why people have a down on the split because it's teams who are all fighting for the same thing, playing against each other. So, you know, it's, it's better that way for me. And I think if Dundee United can even get into the split within four or five points, I think it's all to play for. And the problem is they're coming from being written off, so they've got nothing to lose. You know, you saw the chairman's statement, pretty much he was saying to them, you've got 12 games to preserve your professional rep reputation. So for me, all the momentum's with them at the moment. If they can keep it going, keep picking up points, even a draw here or there, I think Kilmarnock will be looking over their shoulder. We talk about the top six, there's not much between Kilmarnock down in 11th and Dundee in sixth place, you know, that, that sixth place, it, it's crucial for a team to get that, just so they're not sucked into anything <laughs> ridiculous beneath no, them. No. I, I was at Dens at the weekend, I saw sixth place Dundee against seventh place Inverness, Cali Thistle. Played forward by Paul Worth into space for Draper, he's got the better of Bain and scrambled the ball home. Scott Bain did well initially, but Draper kept his head. For the third time this season, it was a one-all draw. Nothing between the teams, no. really, David, throughout the course of the season, but one of them is going to get a security net and a bit of money in the top six, and one is going to have to start looking over their shoulder after the split. You know what, it could come down to a draw here or there, it could come down to Kane Hemming's goal. Greg Stewart's corner kick, headed on by Harkins, and finished by Kane Hemmings. Dundee are level at last. I mean, it won't be, you know, as, as you are saying just now, there's, there's a matter of points between so many teams. And that's because I don't think there is much between so many teams yeah. on their day. You know, I would say Motherwell, Inverness, Dundee, Ross County, and Partick to an extent as well. I don't think there's much between them um, when, when they're at their best. You know, you see Motherwell, Motherwell are obviously inconsistent, but Motherwell aren't that far away from Dundee now. But for Dundee, uh, Kane Hemmings, I think it's his 20th of the season as yeah. well. I think Dundee just have the ability to pick up points, whereas other teams, you know, they, they, they draw a lot of games, but they're still picking up points, they're still chipping away there. And um, I think Dundee will be fine. Kane Hemmings, he was Ladbrokes Premiership Player of the Month in January. He's hit 20 goals for the season by the end of February. How important has he been for Dundee this season? He's been huge, and, and it's another great sort of under the radar signer from Paul Hartley because Kane Hemmings, everybody knew him at Rangers, but he sort of drifted and down the leagues. And Paul Hartley, like Greg Stewart, has seen something and thought to himself, this guy can really do a job for me at a higher level. And to score 20 goals for Dundee, is outstanding. I was always a bit surprised that Rangers didn't stick with him or he didn't stick with Rangers kind of down the lower leagues because I quite liked him as a kid. I thought he was good. Something under 19s a few times and I thought he had something to offer and he's obviously shown he, had, he has got something to offer but his goal record's been outstanding. He links really, really well with Greg Stewart, Rory Loy as well, Gary Harkins, Paul McGowan. I just think he's had a, he's had a great season and come the end of the season he must be in a shout with the play of the year awards. What about Inverness? What, what does John Hughes prioritise now because they would love to defend the Scottish Cup. They celebrated the first major trophy last May at Hamden. They've got a quarter-final away at Hibs, which the way Hibs are going at the minute is winnable. Does he look towards that or does he look towards the top six? I think they've got enough about them in, in terms of squad to go for both. I do I think top six is important because I don't think Inverness want... I think Inverness see themselves as a top six team in terms of their ability, in terms of their quality, so I don't think they'd want to drop out. But as you're saying, to even reach another final or another semi-final after last year's um, win and, and losing the players they did would be a huge achievement. 
And right now, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you wouldn't have give, given Inverness any chance against Hibs because you think Hibs are just, you know, absolutely on fire. But now a lot has changed. So I think Yogi will be looking at it and saying, you know, what, we can we can do both. That's a, that's the twin targets: finish the top six and get to at least the semi-final. Like Sunsport on Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. <laughs> Last Premiership game of the weekend to look at Mullow 3, Partick Thistle 1. A huge win for Matt McGee after a few late collapses. It, it threatened to really suck them down into that relegation playoff thing. Yeah, and it just shows you for me, Mullowell are the kind of most, must be a frustrating, but a Mullowell fan must be really frustrating, put it that way, because one week you see him and you think, I've got goals in them, I've got energy in them, they've got decent defenders, I've got a decent keeper. You know, Mullowell should be in the top six comfortably. But then the next week they go and they've got this mental block with late goals and they just seem to collapse at the end. So. Now Pearson. This is Marvin Johnson. Being chased by Franz. Oh, he's to come inside. That's dangerous. Excellent finish by Johnson. Can't think why Franz let him come inside though onto that powerful left foot. I think Matt McGee, obviously safety is a priority now, and I, I do think he'll be okay. But next season, I think he has to try and find some consistency. You know, the way I'm talking about Dundee, okay, they might not win every week, but they don't tend to lose many games. Whereas Motherwell are up and down one minute, they're winning, next minute they're getting absolutely humped. So I think that's his key. But I mean, Louis Moult, we talk about Kane Hemmings, Louis Moult as well, what I'm saying, he's been. 16 goals now. Yeah, incredible. You know, he scored a lot of goals for Wrexham, and I, I remember when he came up, okay, Wrexham, it wasn't the highest of standards, but. He had a good background, I think it was at Stoke he was at. He scored a lot of goals for X and you think, well, if that guy gets going, you never know. And he's obviously working well with Scott McDonald and he hit the penalty on Saturday, but it's been a real good signing from Ian Barraclough and Mark McGee's inherited them. These Lanarkshire derbies are always tricky affairs, but it's a real six-pointer for Hamilton and Motherwell this weekend, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, because if you think, if, if Motherwell win it, then they'll just stretch ahead and Hamilton are sucked right in there. They're always good games, you know, they're always eventful as well, but you know, if Motherwell get themselves going, and get Moulton McDonald fire and Marvin Johnson as well. I think Motherwell can win that. I think we've always considered Thistle were going to be okay given that they've so many games in hand, but are you better having points on the board just now? Because one of the games in hand is against a rejuvenated and United, one of the games in hand this Saturday away at Hearts, mm-hmm. one of the games in hand against an Aberdeen team going for a mm-hmm. title. So there's, there's obviously no guarantees about how many points they would pick up, and, and they're still there or thereabouts. I was talking to a Thistle fan the other day, and he said he felt as if Partick Thistle in a junior league they played that many, you know, that less games than everybody else because you get yet to ask. Well, it's a Premiership, so you've not been all far away, do you? <laughs> But I, I, told, I, I think you need points on the board. I think it's great to look and do the maths and say, oh, well, we've still got three games in hand, so if we get six points, but it's all ifs and buts. You know, Partick Thistle need points on the board, and as you're saying, the longer that goes on, games mount up, injuries mount up, suspensions mount up, it gets harder and harder to pick up points. Thistle need to play midweeks when other clubs are resting up. So I think that'll be a concern for Alan Archibald, and you need a couple of wins pretty quickly. Look quickly into the Championship. I take it now that the Championship's over. I mean, no, no one could have seen Hibs losing three at home to Morton, then losing three at Dumbarton at the weekend, 11 points adrift. They'll just need to focus on the Cups now, won't yeah, they? I mean, and then look at the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, Rangers will win the league. I, I don't think anybody, I mean, Mark Walburton and, and Danny Wilson spoke after the game, Harry Forster as well, and, and obviously they were, they were sticking to the code of, you know, nothing's over yet, and, you know, we still need to win a lot of games and everything, but Rangers won't drop. It's effectively 12 points in the last 10 games. It's just not going to happen. Having taken all the plaudits after the Hearts game and people talking about Alan Stubbs as manager of the year and, and how many other players are Scotland call-ups and everything, they've just it's been a terrible week for them. And to lose against Morton and Dumbarton in quick succession, those are the games where, if you were probably looking at Hibs in terms of where they would potentially slip up, those weren't the games you would think. And then to drop six points was just catastrophic. And Rangers haven't been great. 
but they've got the job done, they've won 1-0 when Hibs haven't been able to get results and I think that's why Rangers are going to win the league. It, it's odd the way Rangers are so flamboyant going forward at the start of the season. Their last few games, a late 1-0 against St Mirren. This is Gary Irvin now. Well, that's a very poor clearance. O'Halloran has possession. He has Forrester inside. That's Forrester! And Rangers have the breakthrough at last. Relief around the stadium. It's Forrester's first goal for Rangers and a crucial one. A late-ish 1-0 against Queen of the South, a last gasp 1-0 against Falkirk and a late equaliser at Alloa. They're not playing with a the same swagger no, they were earlier in the season but they're getting the results well, listen, I think four of the last five games have won one nil and the other one was a one each draw you talk about the last minute um, a delayed goal from Michael Hallam at Alloa so that's 13 points out of 15 it could easily have been four or five and they've only conceded 17 goals all season in the league and I mean Danny Wilson spoke after the game and he was talking about the fact they've only used five defenders Wilson, Kiernan, Tavernier uh, Lee Wallace and Don Ball and he thinks that's probably helped because they've got an understanding but it's a terrific defensive record and, and that is to me this this see when that all said and done we're writing the story of the season this will be the period where you look back and think this is where the league was won because they haven't been in Swanboy they haven't been scoring goals they've lost Martin Wycom but they've got the job done and they managed to grind out wins and that was probably something that was levelled at Mark Roberts team earlier in the season that they couldn't do with a bit of soft centre the two gung ho and everything but I mean you look at Lee Wallace James Tavernier they tend to sit in a wee bit more I think they'll do it against them this weekend as well but to win four out of five games, one nil at a stage of the season, I think speaks volumes. So. And goals spread round the team. It was, as you say, O'Halloran at Aloha, Harry Forrester at the weekend, mm-hmm. Kenny Miller at Dumfries, mm-hmm. Billy King in the game against Falkirk. That, it shows that while Waghorn's not there, they can share the button. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. And that's, to me, and you can see even the way Danny Wilson going to be speaking, is as a defender, and, and probably Matt Walburton away from it, will probably they'll probably take more satisfaction from those one nil wins than they would for a five nil romp against it, man, because the chips were down. You know, the fans were getting their back a wee bit. Obviously, the new Hibs, I'd imagine, given the, the noise the crowd were making, the new Hibs were struggling, but they still had to go and win that game. They didn't want to drop points again. You know, they managed to get as you're saying, Harry Forster comes off the bench. You know, St. Man for Alec Ray's perspective, I mean, he did say words with the people responsible. I think Stephen Thompson and Gary Evan. It was a terrible ball back from Stephen Thompson. Gary Evan just classed his clearance, but Rangers made the most of it. And I thought Michael Hallam, you know, given that Martin Wycorn has been lost at a crucial stage of the season. I thought Michael Hallam was outstanding in terms of taking the ball, taking the game to St Man. He, he was he was giving Gary Evan a really, really hard time. And the only concern for Matt Warburton is he, he's not got him this weekend, he's not got Billy King either. Lots of happy men across Scottish football this weekend. Robbie Nielsen get a win, Mark McGee get a win, Mitchell Patalain and Matt Warburton get wins. Was there a happier man than Christian Naddy answering back to Hibs fans? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think he was actually judging by his social media performance as well. He was enjoying it as well. And he gave him a 5-1 when he, he was gave substituted. gave him a 5-1 and then referred to him as the wee team after the game. It's always good to beat the wee team. I like Christian Naddy. I think he's um, I think he's a better player than people probably gave him credit for. He's obviously a Hearts cult hero. Not that he was a, a great Hearts player, but just because of his, um, his bulky frame and the way he can set about teams. But... <laughs> no, and and it was a great result for Dumbarton. You know, Dumbarton having gone to Dens Park and losing five 0 they probably thought, I can't believe they're having to play Hibs now. But to go and beat Hibs was absolutely fantastic. And we couldn't finish the podcast, David, without a mention for Falkirk because very, very quietly mm-hmm. they've sneaked to within two points of Hibs. There's a big midweek card Tuesday night in the Championship, but come the weekend, Hibs on Cup duty, Falkirk at home to Alloa. Mm-hmm. But by Saturday night, Hibs could be third in the league. Yeah, and I think, yeah, as you kind of mentioned, 
I think that's Hibs' priority now. Rangers are gone. Rangers will just, I think, disappear over the horizon in terms of Hibs. Hibs need to make sure that they finish second now because, OK, they're both in the playoffs, but that extra game or that extra two games will make a big, big difference. So third v fourth, then the winner of that plays second, then the winner of that plays the... And even if you do beat the fourth place team, if you're third, then you you know you have to go away in the crucial second leg against the second place yeah, team. Yeah, it's just, it's just the amount of games. You know, it's the difference between four games in a short space of time or six games. And six games is a lot to play. I mean, you saw that last year, I think, was it Queen of the South with Rangers? And, and yeah. it's just, it's hard it's hard to keep that going. You know, Rangers, by the time they'd beaten Queen of the South, they'd beaten Hibs, they were absolutely shattered by the time they came to play Motherwell. So I don't think Hibs would fancy six games. And you never know what happens with a cup final as well. They could still be in the cup at that yeah. stage and they'd have to kind of, so they could be playing seven crucial games in the space of three weeks or something. So, no, I think Hibs will really, really need to step up and make sure they finish above Falkirk. David, thanks very much indeed. <laughs> 